This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. As mentioned in the Daily Financial News, uh, Wednesdays are special. Uh, we have a couple of real estate experts on, and we close it out with Matt, the mortgage guy. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Mike. How you doing? Good, man. Do me a favor. How can people get a hold of you? Sometimes I forget. I get so excited. So let me ask this. If people are in California, want to get a mortgage, uh, I want them to reach out to you. What? How should they do that? Sure. I think the best way to get a hold of me if, if you have specific questions is just email Matt, M-A-T-T, at MattTheMortgageGuy.com. If you jump on over to my YouTube channel and ask questions, um, as much as the number of questions as is increasing, I like the dialogue there because because you know then it's for everybody to see and everybody can benefit from it. And there's plenty of questions on there that I've seen, you know, input from multiple people, which is always good. You know, it's open discussion. But then you know, you ask a question about self-employed on a self-employed video I made. Other self-employed borrowers want to see those answers. So yeah. um, I encourage people to ask the questions on YouTube because I you know, knock on wood, I'm going to continue to try to answer them all. <laughs> yeah. You keep doing that, man. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to suddenly become a YouTube entertainer. You can't do your mortgage business. Watch out. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to take an hour every night and go through and answer, you know, 65 questions. That's very cool. Well, again, folks, if you reach out to him and you uh, tell me here from this channel, he'll, he'll take really good care of you, but let's get onto the topic at hand. And that is kind of a subtle tweak that I don't think most people really understand, right? The housing market is this big thing. Most people think of a housing market in a very myopic view because it's my house or my investment or whatnot. And what I want to really talk about is I believe, and I've believed, I have believed since 2010 that lenders, lenders control the housing market a lot more than people talk about because they really don't. And if a lender wants to be aggressive or tight, if they want to raise fees or interest or rates, uh, I think I think lenders have far more power on the housing market. And if that's true, uh, you know you should be paying attention because it, it could be one of those leading indicators for you to watch. What do you think? You're in the business. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And 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 maybe you know, power is a strong word, but it for sure influence. Mm -hmm. You know, as lending guidelines change the market is influenced by it. And so, you know, whether, you know, it's the Fed pulling strings or it's lenders, you know, changing guidelines and how they lend and what they, you know, how they lend and at what rate they lend, right. which, you know, the Fed can pull some strings that influence rates and whatnot. And so, you know, those those two things being pulled for sure, 100%, because people bring this up. And this is one part that I agree with when people um, have an issue with home prices going up, even though you can kind of show them it's more affordable than it yeah. was at a higher interest rate. Well, um, you know, the, the argument on that side is that rates won't stay this low forever. And, and so, you know, I, I, I agree to a certain extent that if we continue to see home price appreciation and rates go up, it's going to get real tough, real fast. Yes. Yeah. Affordability is the big thing I talk about, but again, lenders really have the control and, and I want to give, or, I called it power, you called it influence, but I just want to throw something else out there. We saw a big change the other day. I guess it was last week's conversation, might've been the week before, 
where it's also how they want to deal with bad loans, right? So it's not only the lending side, but it can be on the opposite side where they, in theory, should foreclose, right? Or at least they should post an NOD notice of default or whatnot. If they want to act differently on that side as well, that impacts housing as well because there's distressed supply that's not hitting the market, right? So I think lenders, I think watching the lenders, man, is something more people should do. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. And that's the thing is like, you know, when you simplify it and you're like, it's simple guys, supply versus demand, (laughs) then you have to realize like what directly influences the supply side, the demand side. And, 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 and like you said, on the servicing side, if we're restricting the amount of homes that go into foreclosure and we're saying that like the CFPB says you must Mm -hmm. avoidable foreclosure, can't foreclose, need to do all this stuff with 40 year loans, restricting supply and then demand you can teeter totter that with rates yeah. all day, because yeah. if you come to me today and you qualify for X and then rates go from three to five, all of a sudden you qualify for Y. Well, and you know what? Affect- I, I think you've done some math recently. So why don't we talk about, why don't we give some folks some examples? And I don't know if you have them down on a piece of paper or if you have Excel. Um, I okay. jotted it down just, okay, just as fine. I was Let's you know it. poking around this morning um, and, and thinking about me and my business and my average average client. And um, for for easy round numbers, we'll call today's rate 3%. It's pretty okay. darn close. All right. And, um, you know, somebody who's buying a house at 500,000, I'm dealing with plenty of people who are, you know, first timers and they're just putting 5% down. So it's funny because so much stuff out there is based on 20%. And then right. I think to myself, how, I, actually, that's a good question. How many people do put 20% down? I mean, is it 5%? Um, it's yeah. probably more than that. It's oh, probably okay. like one in five or one in four, oh, so you know, 20, 20 to 25%. Okay. I didn't know. Um, but you know, that's a diff- whole different demographic, you know, sure. maybe well to do have a gift from family or whatnot, but the average, you know, more likely scenario is save up, have a plan, two people working mid thirties. All right. We're thinking about having kids. We want to buy a house. We've saved up 34,000, 38,000 in the bank. We're going to put 5% down plus closing, have some reserves left over. Mm -hmm. And you buy a half a million dollar house in California, numbers change taxes wise and homeowners insurance wise elsewhere, but you put 5% down and you've got a 3% rate all in principal interest tax insurance. It's about $2,700 a month. All right, I'm gonna write this down. So, 20, so 500k, five percent down, three percent loan. We're at 2,700, roughly. R- roughly, correct. All right, because this is gonna get interesting. All right, so, all right, what what happens next when rates go up? Well, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that rates go to five percent. I mean, I'm I was at you know. California Association of Mortgage Professionals had Barry Habib on yesterday. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, you know, you predict inflation numbers to go up. Most everybody does. As those inflation numbers go up, if rates follow, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people think that rates are going to go up in the next couple of months. And I'm not saying May of 2021, we have 5%, but no, it's, it's, it's possible that they go to 5% over, over the next 12 months. Absolutely. That, that $500,000 purchase it with 5% down goes to 3240 a month like 500 over 500 difference in payment yeah and then i don't know if you've done this math but so that's shocking that it's that much um but what we have going on right now is we not only have potentially for rate rises but you know what happens if that 500 house becomes 550 mm-hmm. right we tack on you know 10 grand or 10 percent in you know equity growth or you know whatever you want to call it 
then it probably, I mean, did you do that math? I, I, I didn't, but I would, I would guesstimate that for another 50 grand, what is it about? Well, it's about $324 because that's an extra 10%. So just figure roughly tough 10% of the payment. Yeah. Cause I think, I think it's about, it's about $45 per 10,000. So, you okay. know, if that meant 200 and all right. So 250, 260. So again, you're at 3,500. So you've, you've gone up $800 and it, why is this important? It's because at an extra $800, a lot less people get a yes answer. Exactly. And that's the thing too, is like if somebody comes to me and, you know, working couple has student loans, has a car payment and their ceiling, because because it's all math for mortgage qualification, oh, their ceiling is we can fit a $2,800 payment in your debt to income ratio. Mm -hmm. So we got to keep it under 2,800. Well, all of a sudden you don't, it's not a matter of, are you willing or, or, or want to pay 3,200? You just don't qualify. You yeah, can't get that you get loan. A no, right? Yeah. And, and it's pretty drastic, Mike, when I did the math this morning, where that $500,000 purchase, and, and you, let's, let's pretend that your debt to income is capped. You know, you can't have a payment higher than you had at 3% yeah. and 2,700 okay. a month. Yeah. Less than 420,000. Oh my God. So really? yeah, that's like a 15% drop. Wow. So if you play it the other way, I just want to make sure I summarize what you said. Let's just assume, so your payment, the max payment you could afford in this example is $2,700. Rates go from three to 5%. The only thing you're going to qualify for is to purchase a home at 420. Correct. Oh, Correct. yeah. So your, wow. your purchase power went from 500 to 420. And I mean, that works kind of across the board. People who have a yes answer up to five, go to there. People who have a yes answer up to six, come to here. And all of a sudden, less people qualify for. Yeah. And again, let's, again, lenders have so much power that we don't appreciate. I mean, just think about what we've talked about in the last month. So first off, we've already hit CFPB, Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, uh, their change, basically fixing the exit, right? The avoidable foreclosure. But I think it was the week, it might've been the week before uh, where there was a letter talking about Fannie and Freddie buying 7% of investment loans versus 15 and again, that is going to cause banks to raise interest rates on investment loans. So again, banks, lenders, um, you know, obviously maybe federal up at top, but they can really change interest rates even specifically, right? So investment loans go up in cost where owner occupants don't, thus creating a, a spread, right? A bigger spread than normal. Right, right. And I think I see that happening. I try to read, you know, the tea leaves. Right. And last night, a lender sends out an announcement that says, lock your loans today, starting tomorrow, here's these loan level price adjustments for investment properties. Mm -hmm. And it's it's inevitable. We talked about it as, you know, Fannie and Freddie says, send us less yep. investment loans and second homes. Lenders are going to adjust pricing to throttle back and, you know, yeah. have brokers send them less of that business. Then from a different lender, I saw something that said, we just lowered our criteria on FHA loans. We're going to go lower on credit score. A lender that was only taking 640 and above is now going to go down to 620. And so it might be like you said, where the powers that be say more owner occupied, less investment invest stuff. That's clear. No. Easier here, harder here. Yeah. Not only harder, but more expensive. Right. right. And that's, of course, if you're an investor, you follow what I talk about, it's cash flow. It's not. You don't buy alligators, right? You don't bet on appreciation in, in what I teach and what I follow. So yeah, more expensive means you can buy less. And especially in a rising, they could they could really take-out mom and pop investors, right? The people that own one to 10 if they wanted to. Just raise rates, create this. I mean, if the spread, 
goes to 2%, right? If it's 3% for owner lock and 5% for investment loans, there's going to be a lot less investment loans. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, a whole nother conversation, but, you know, policies and whatnot that make it less favorable to be a mom and pop real estate investor and, you know, tax changes and all that other stuff just further. Yeah. It just exacerbates the problem. Right. Wow. So, you know, I think we've talked about it already, but since you're in the business every day, looking at loans and talking to brokers, what, what is the general feeling? You, t- you call it tea leaves. Is it, is it just that simple owner rock, good investor, bad today? Um, I think so. And, and, and when you see stuff like that happen, you think to yourself, okay, it makes sense to, you know, in times of uncertainty with, you know, probably less uncertainty now than we had a year ago, if the stuff that's a little bit more risky gets more expensive, I'd probably do that too. If I was the one holding the bag. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Right. And, and, and so I think that's what I'm, what I'm seeing and feeling. And then also that, you know, eventually we're going to see this, this slow increase in rates that a lot of people have been predicting for a long time, right. Where it's like, we can't stay this low, this long. And I think that, um, something I heard recently that made a lot of sense to me was Jerome Powell's only got so much time left, right? Yeah. So he's not going to take his foot off of the, yeah. you know, low interest rates and then take the blame, right? Yeah. So, so maybe, maybe it's end of 21, beginning of 22, but eventually yeah. I, I think somebody's got to say, okay, let's see what happens. Let's see if, if, if this thing, you know, can stand rates coming a little higher. Cause I didn't realize, I, I don't really keep track of, of how much mortgage-backed securities are being bought. I thought when they announced like, hey, we're doing 40 billion a month, that it was 40 billion a month. Did you see that they like changed their wording? Mm-mm. Where it's like, oh no, no, it was at least 40 billion. At least. Because <laughs> some months they were buying 80, 90 billion. Oh my God. And then you they, think about- They like, are the market. Right, exactly. Like like obviously if, if, if they're upping that number and buying 80, 90 billion at a least. month of mortgage-backed securities, they they're doing it because they have to because nobody else is 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 in that market. Yeah, well, I know one thing I wanted to ask you because you're my mortgage expert on my weekly series is, I have never seen a 40 year mortgage quoted. I think one of the outcomes of the CFPB might be them weaseling in 40 years. You may, maybe it's two years down the line. Maybe it's a year that 40 year becomes the new 30 year. Does a 40 year mortgage actually show up on your rate sheets? No, I don't have really, you know, I, I, I shouldn't say I don't have any because I've got a couple, like very few lenders that do it and they charge shuts a premium for it, yeah. where I think I've got a lender who will offer a 40 year interest only on a jumbo really? where it's like, hey, you, can, you really can't afford this house, but you want to you want to try to uh, see if you can afford it just paying the interest on a 40 year term, which is wow. scares That's the heck out of nuts. me. But then it's like a 5% rate versus a lower rate. And then you look at it really close as a math person. You're like, well, wait, if I pay three and a quarter principal and interest, it's not even that much more expensive and actually paying some principal. Why would I pay 5% interest only? So, I mean, I look at some stuff like that. And I'm like, you've got to be a real sucker to, yeah, to, to, to get into something like that, where it's like, I'll pay. Yeah. So, so I guess what, it'll be interesting. You know, I don't know by, I don't know. So it's April 14th. I don't know, by August 14th. I'm just wondering if that's, they're going to start sneaking that into the rate sheets more. Yeah. I, I didn't well, think they were you know, there today. You know, you know, it'd be interesting since I've got, I've got this, uh, 
I've got this Excel spreadsheet up. So we've got 500,000. And I said, you know, the payment goes up to 3240. Yeah, if exactly. I'm going to change 360 to 480 and see what happens and see if I can get the payment back down. Oh, now we're 2982. So it's, it's wild how. Uh, so again, the rate went up two points, but you added 120 months. Right, right. right. And the yeah, payment's and the, rough and tough, 200 bucks more. Right, right. So, so it got stuck in the, in the middle. Yeah, well, I think that's coming. Again, I, I, I don't know this for sure. I just have this mental image that when I was younger, the 15 year, I mean, younger, meaning like three decades ago, the 15 year mortgage was like the standard most people got you know, for the last 15 or 20 years, the, the standard, again, most people got was 30 year. I'm, I don't, again, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I'm worried, concerned, happy. I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I don't know if the 40 year becomes the new standard. Cause again, you're paying about twice as much interest or total loan, but maybe the payment, I don't know. I just, I just don't know how to feel about it. How do you feel right. about if 40 years becomes the new 30 year? Any ideas? Um, I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. And I think that that would be in line with the how do we make it easier for owner ox and, and maybe it's owner ox only 40 year loans. Oh, maybe. We're not going to offer these go. to investors and, and it's only for, I can't remember who I was talking to that told me about some country that offers hundred year loans and they just wow. expect it to be passed on to generations, the debt and the home. And that's a little extreme. A hundred year loan. Yeah. Wow. But from, from my seat, Mike, honestly, you know, people are refinancing into a 30 when they're 65 years old and whatnot. Like, paying the mortgage off or getting to the end of the term isn't necessarily something that most Lots folks are concerned do, yeah. about. And so if it helps bolster home ownership and people who have, you know, historically not been able to own a home, if the 40 year helps them do that, I think it's a good thing. Okay. Yeah. I have to play with that a little bit more. Cause again, my stupid mind goes, I get all of that, but my stupid mind goes, Oh shit. 40 year becomes the standard prices jump 20% and it just eats up the difference. Right, right. And, and, and maybe, maybe, you know, rates go up and, and things happen and, and, you know, demand yeah. wanes, and then that's the new injection. You know? Oh, but- yeah, there you go. <laughs> that could be. So I guess what I'm taking from you is, is, I guess from your seat, it's not, uh, it's not out of the realm to think a 40 year gets introduced in the next couple of years as a as an option on your rate sheet. Right, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised. There, there's a lot of stuff that I think can be done. There's like 1% or 0% down for people with good credit, but all this stuff couldn't be introduced at a time like now where there's just right. way too much demand as is. So yeah, you I, wouldn't you know, enough enough people understand that at a, at, a, at a high enough level to say, okay, no more steroids. We've seen enough steroids. Yeah, let's, let's let supply come back and get back to a more balanced market. Very, very right. cool. Uh, any other closing thoughts on this? Because again, I think lenders have a lot more control on the front end. And as we've just seen with the uh, uh, Consumer Finance Protection Bureau on the back end as well. So um, let's see what happens. Um, no closing thoughts, except for that. I totally agree with you. You know, when you think about the housing market in general and, and supply versus demand, affordability, and and things like forbearance stuff on the back end, you know, the lenders have their hands in all of that. So policies change quick. And, and I don't get a heads up like a newsletter or, or anything. It's like Fannie Mae makes an announcement and, and it's here. So, yeah. you know, pay attention. And, and you've said it in past videos, whatever market you're in, a mortgage broker that you can reach out to and say, hey, I thought I heard this or, hey, what do you think about this yeah. is good to have because then you can cut through some of like the, the clickbait headline news yeah. and say, what does this really mean? What's really going on? 
Yeah, folks, again, I'll say it. If you're in California and you haven't reached out to Matt, the mortgage guy, you are doing yourself a disservice. He needs to be on your team, whether you're an owner or an investor. Uh, and I remembered, how can they get a hold of you if they want to do that? Matt, M-A-T-T at MattTheMortgageGuy.com. Shoot me an email. I will try to respond as quick as possible. Within 24 hours is probably reasonable. Very cool, man. Well, I appreciate, appreciate you every Wednesday. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Mike. Yep.